In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ever been riding down the road, seeing a piece of property that you couldn't live without, or maybe just wanted to sell your own land? Give our boy Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties a call, 770-296-2163, day or night, or check him out on Facebook. If you're in need of a processor this year, after you've made that great harvest on that giant buck you've been chasing, give North Georgia Deer Processing a call. Located at 1610 Arnold Spence Road in Ball Ground, Georgia, Tyler and his family are building something better than we could have ever dreamed to see them do, and we sure are proud to have them as a partner of ours. Give him a call at 770-883-9786 to take care of all your deer processing needs. Are you in need of forestry mulching, tree services, hauling, grading, and excavation in the southeast? Well, give our buddy Logan Severa a call with LRS Land Services. You can head over to Facebook, Instagram, and check out his work, or give him a call at 404-889-1105. Stop putting off clearing that back for you and give our boy a call. Ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors. Coming to you live from the Cruiser Saddle Studio. We're on the cusp of Christmas right here getting ready to get our ho-ho-hos and bust out some doze, doze, doze. It's getting late in the year for us, and we're going to talk about my recent trip up to Iowa and the fun that was had by all. Y'all pull up a chair and sit a while. This will be a fun one. Why is it late season? Do you just get so excited about shooting does? <laughs> I think just because you just want to put some more meat in the freezer. Oh, I've I've been pumped up about a lot of things, but at the end of the year, I always get fired up wanting to throw some arrows to a few does. Nicholas Wilson, oh buddy, I've been away from you for a minute. What is going on? Not much, buddy. It's been uh it's been crazy around home. I've been busy. I've been cranking out some video stuff and working on some calls and all the above. So. Bro, Wilson mouth calls you got working over there, whatever it is. You're- yeah, we ain't even said nothing about that. But, no, well. Uh, there could be a line coming out after the first year with some diaphragm calls. and I got one right here. Let's don't, <laughs> don't ruin the moment. Um, oh, my goodness. Well, as we said, we're right here at the beginning of December, almost halfway through, as a matter of fact. And getting ready for Christmas time, I know we're all excited for that, spending time with our family and getting to uh getting to the end of the year here it's it's been a fun one i mean we've had a great time great a lot of memories made this year a lot of deer have hit the ground a lot of turkeys back in the spring a lot of fun had at shows and everything we've 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 had a great year i have no complaints out of it yeah yeah you have 
<laughs> no, we've all, oh, we we've already got to start that yeah. right out of the gate. <laughs> no, we've all had a pretty good year and um, can't complain. Everybody's been safe and um, everybody's got back home to their families. I always consider that a successful trip. Dad always says that when we pull into Weber's driveway to drop him off, we get back from Iowa. He said, well, another successful trip, boys, whether or not we took any deer or not. We were fortunate enough to this year. We knocked down a pile of deer this year in Iowa, which – Sure are thankful to wrap our tags around another buck and uh, and a lot of fun had. But who's that Christmas card over from? Uh, this is from the KT team. Is that a picture of all of them? It's uh, some random pictures. Some guys we might recognize on there. KT, Miss Chris made the card. Former guest there. So I bet Angie put that together. I'm sure she did. Jason may have though. Jason's pretty good at that stuff. KT probably didn't do much on that Christmas card. That's pretty cool. Brought that out here. Threw it on the table. That's pretty neat. Um, a lot of things going on with the KT team. A lot of things going on. We got we got some stuff coming for that for our, our yearly thing. It should be in the mail, the Scritchfield knife for this year for the KT team. Um, he's sending it on over to us in the next couple of weeks. RP getting ready to have a baby. And probably not going to be doing much anything else. We'll probably see him at NWTF, I'm sure, in February when we get ready to go up for that show. But um, biggest thing going on right now, I guess, around home is the the processor and North Georgia deer processing and what I've been hearing about them, how full they have been. Over 600 deer on the year. Yeah, I took a deer. I took that deer I killed up there. I'd already quartered it out and put it up in the cooler and deboned everything. Um, well, I deboned the back hams, but I didn't debone the front shoulders and Took it up there and um man, he had a pile of deer sitting there waiting, but he um he had me done in I think three days. Um my brother took a deer up there. I know Eric Richards took some deer up there. Um I don't know anybody off the top of my head, but man, they they are slapped eat up with it. They got a they got an awesome setup. They got I mean skin and sheds outside and and, and I know he wants to expand on it and but he had people the whole time. I was, I was trying to carry on a conversation with him the whole time. He was like People were calling him. People were coming from Rome. People were coming from up around Blairsville just to down here. And he's like, look, before you drive this way, you know, just call and double check with me. He said, I don't care to take them. But um, he said he did have a few people show up that was from far off. And he just had a, some of them he had to turn away and some of them he was able to take. But I'm sure it's, I'm sure he gets himself in a tough situation because he don't want to turn nobody away. Well, and you can you can tell how Tyler is as a person. He never wants to mm-hmm. upset anyone, and he's had a couple of situations come up this year, which he's he's rectified and put things in place to keep any issues from coming up down the road. But I mean, what a guy! I mean, he, you know, we we sat here in the studio and had a conversation with him before we ever agreed to do something with him, and we wanted to make sure that it was somebody that well shared the same goals and the like mindedness that we have and and he absolutely does he wants to see this thing be successful for him and his family for years to come and i ultimately believe it it will be cuz he has put his heart and soul into it and, and and i'm proud to have him as a partner as well as you are i'm sure um and we've it's okay to send people in that direction mm-hmm. you never want to send somebody to somebody and it be a bad thing going on for sure he's um the one thing that i really like about it is how clean an establishment it is. You go in there and the meat you get back. We we eat some cube steak last night that he done. Man, you just talking about just straight up. I mean, the way they process it and package it, it's just it's unbelievable how clean it is. And they clean your cooler out where they just don't leave blood dripping down the side of it after it dries out and all that stuff. So, 
Um, I think for the hats future. Off, hats off for them boys, and I know they're going to grow. And he he even told me he's looking to try to get, start doing some cattle in there. Yeah, I, th- I know he said he was trying to get USDA certified. Going to need a little bit bigger establishment, I think, down the road. And I know that's in his future, but for his first really big year out – to take in that many deer and have to turn away deer. Nah, nothing but good things coming out of North Georgia deer processing. I mentioned this to him, and he probably thought I was a, probably just a blatant idiot when I said this. And anybody that probably listens to this probably think I'm crazy, but I told him, I said, man, I said, don't, I said, I don't know what your plans are for the spring. I said, I know you said you like to turkey hunt, but you should consider opening this up for somebody to bring a turkey to to skin out and breast out. I said, you may think that's crazy, but I said, and I never heard that before, but we got a hunt, that hunting property I'm in down in Putnam County. There's an older gentleman down there that killed a turkey. He told me a couple of years back and there's a processor just right up the street. And he said, he took it up there and that guy cleaned it for him. Never, never in a million years would I thought that, but nothing wrong with it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It ain't like you're going to take it in there and get a package. You know, you might, you might get him to grind those. And I told Tyler that I said, maybe start saving those legs and grinding them and you might be able to make some type of jerky or something out of them. But, um, I don't know. I just told him not to, you know, not turn it away because he could probably, I mean, I ain't going to say he's going to, people's going to be bringing in 50 birds a weekend, but, um, you never know. Somebody might get in there and want to get it. I don't know cleaned up get the cut the legs off the beard off whatever for them that they don't want to mess with or maybe they got the son's baseball game they got to run to and drop it off somewhere but i, I told him i said it might sound like a crazy idea it's an absolutely uh <laughs> sound crazy. like a crazy idea to even me to even think about that but you know if i really think about it i've never cleaned a turkey oh. so i wouldn't know what to do with it yeah <laughs> Damn copper! Come here. What are you doing? He smells something on my pants. You must have been cooking. You must have been breasting out a turkey or something <laughs> right here in the middle of December. Well, uh, let's go right into it. Um, recent trip up Iowa, to Iowa. Yep. Great year. It seemed like a different trip for you this year. Did you Did you think it, I felt like or I was it's, excited it's, or? Um, I don't. I don't know that you were excited. It seemed like that you were going back to what your roots were when you first started there. It didn't seem like you were going up there. Like, you, like of course the the newness was gone. You know what you know what to expect when you get there. But it seemed like to me like you just kind of went back to what hunting is. It seemed like you just went and you sat down, just like, relaxed. Yeah, you just went and sat in a blind like you did for the first couple of years. Now I know different years have been offered different things and and things change. But it just seems like you had to go back to the first year you went up there. Is well, that true? I, I, a hundred percent. You nailed it. Um, we, we drew a buck tag this year so mm-hmm. we could go and hunt by ourselves wherever we wanted. Didn't have to be in a party to hunt with everybody. Um, so we, we went with the mindset and, and dad and uncle, we were both, you know, they said that they wanted to go up there and, and hunt like we always had, you know, we would go to our spots. We got permission to the north of us there where we, um, have had permission before we do a little trade off on the farm that we hunt. We let, um, Second season hunters, they're uh, wounded warriors. They do a wounded warrior hunt, and we set up our blinds so they can hunt them the second season of shotguns. So we did a little trade off with those guys. So Uncle Wibbern went to that property and hunted, and I went right back to my old my old blind. And 
don't get me wrong. I love hunting in that spot. There's some things that go on on the farm that have changed over the years. Um, we've got a guy that hunts with us that he has to ride a side-by-side to the top of the hill. He's 76 years old. And Gary Levine, if you listen to this, you I don't know if you will, but I, I am so proud to know Gary. He is a 30-year Army veteran. Um, worked at Goodyear for 30 years after that. He retired. He moved down to Florida now. He sold his place in Iowa. But Gary is somebody that he's become a, a friend of mine. And a little later in the show, I'll tell you what Gary's gave me, and it's something that's pretty special. But um, Gary spends his time up there with us, and he can barely walk. His back's gotten such bad shape, carrying materials and things throughout the years. And so he drives to about 150 yards on a side-by-side where I'm riding a bike a mile and a half to get there, or it's actually a three-quarters of a mile. And we'll get into that a little bit about the bike. But going to uh, going back to what you said, yes, I did this year go into it with uh, the thought process that I'm not worried about if I can, you know, if I can kill a buck, great. But I really wanted Dad and Uncle Wyvern to be able to get on a deer, and that's what I said in the beginning. I wanted them to be successful in that. So, But you're right. I did go back to the roots of it, and I really enjoyed this year. What was – um? I mean, you you just didn't seem like – you. I mean, you seemed like you were fired up about getting up there, but was the deer, was the deer movement just not as good as it has been? You know, the first day we were there um, on Friday, Friday morning, the farmer that runs some cattle – uh, in the area he had some cows on that property and I, and I don't know if he was running late getting them out but he came on to the farm that we hunt to get those cows off and he run uh, what best count we had was around 45 deer off of our farm oh, really? so i knew the deer were had been there mm-hmm. uh we saw one really big buck in that group that ran off so that we had done a really good job about not going up in there and setting up and doing anything we wanted to stay out of it and not pressure it because Anybody that hunts the Midwest for shotgun knows the pressure gets on, those deer get to running. So when those deer ran out, I was like, well, let's go put up the blind. So we went and sat Gary's blind up for him, got his kerosene heater in there, and it's the doggone dry, and I always worried to death he was going to set the place on fire. But <laughs> I told Dad, I said, I think I'm just going to hunt right here. You know, my old spot, put my blind up. So we went and got my blind, and we got it sat up, and um, it paid off in the long run. What was the, what was the temperature going in up there? Oh, Saturday morning, it was uh, single-digit temperatures uh, down around 5 degrees with a negative 5-degree wind chill. That's that's tough conditions. I don't I don't care if you're hunting in a blind or not. But let me tell you something, Nicholas. If there's a piece of equipment that I've ever added to my arsenal, a good base layer, which I've got a great base layer that I'm going to share later on down the road that I want to put into my arsenal. I haven't got it yet. But I added a really good base layer, what I felt was a mid-price range, Redhead. It's just a, the the Elite Series. They're about mm-hmm. 80 bucks for that base layer. Um, and a heated vest. I went with a Tidewee. I've been wanting to get one. Let me tell you something, son. You sit down, you're, you're, you're calm, you know, you're cold. You click that little button on your chest, you can literally feel your core start to warm up. The one that I bought has a hood on it as well. And I put the hood on a couple of times, didn't have to wear it, it very heated? much. It's heated as well. Yep. Yeah. In How the long ears. is the battery? I ran that battery for seven hours straight on high, and I was still at 20%. So seven hours straight on high. It kept me warm, but it has a, a cutoff feature. If it, you know, I wear a down jacket over that. So I had on my base layers, I had on the vest, and then I had on a down jacket, and then I had on my outer layer, my Under Armour Extreme. But it would get hot inside that vest, so hot it would actually turn down to low. So, did you think you had to? Did you think you could um, eliminate a base layer by wearing that? Or no. Two base layers? N- well, I only wore 
the single base layer, and mm-hmm. that was in negative degree temperature. So I only had on the single base layer. Then I had on a mid-weight pant. I had on a single base layer top. I had on my Tideway ja- uh, vest, and then I had on my down jacket, the the scent blocker. It's like a 2.0 down jacket. Then I had on my big pants and my big jacket from, from Under Armour. Gotcha. I saw I saw one of those vests the other day that was heated just in the collar that you flip up. And I thought, man, that'd be nice because that's what usually what gets cold. That's one place you really can't protect a lot of the times is the back of your neck when it's blowing across through there. Well, I wear a Under Armour uh, cold gear face mask. Mm-hmm. It's it's a full hooded face mask. Um, a friend of mine gave it to me several years ago. I've never had the need to really wear it. Unbelievable. It tucked down in my collar. I, I never got cold. My hands got cold. Mm-hmm. Um, notorious for that. My feet never got cold. The Dude. These new socks that we're wearing, Altera alpaca socks. If you don't have them, you need to check them out. Hundred percent wool. Cody had told me about them. I never would have believed that they were worth that. I would wear them every day of the year if if I could afford to buy enough pairs of them. They are a little expensive, but for hunting, best socks I've ever worn. And I I, I wore rubber boots, eight hundred gram rubber boots with those socks, mm-hmm. and had no problems. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it's just all what you uh how your feet are like i told you before some people can wear cotton socks and hiking boots no matter how cold yeah, you must be talking about your daddy <laughs> uh, but you you've have you ever tried those those alpaca wool socks i mean no. and and i i was talking to several people up there that hunt in those conditions and they said they're amazing and they really are i mean i i had my feet sweat and you know it did my your feet's like mine they sweat a lot my feet never felt wet, and mm-hmm. and that would be a problem. I'd take my boots off right now. I've got on cotton socks and walk around here. It looks like a Crisco's been walking around. Yeah, but they never got wet, and so I think that kept them from. Another thing was not having to walk. Yeah, and Dad taught me into taking my bike with me. the 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 e bike has changed the game for me, and, and I know a lot of people are like, it's goofy looking, it's crazy. If you've ever thought that you could ride a bike somewhere buy you one because it, it it blew my mind how convenient and how easy that thing is to operate even in the the cold temperatures my face and my hands didn't get cold because i had on big gloves driving it but buddy three quarters of a mile one way and not having to sweat i literally drove that bike to my stand parked it in the bushes no deer ever saw it no deer were ever alerted by it i, I drove by a deer in a cornfield that dad saw after daylight that i know good and well was there when i rode by Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for an e-bike, check out Kaufman Outdoors. That sportsman's model is probably the most inexpensive hunting item. I've wasted money on a lot of things. I don't feel like that was a waste of money. Yeah. I'm anxious to see uh, you hunt around here with it a little more I've to been, get a little bit more feedback. Well, I've I've rode it to the hauler twice mm-hmm. uh, in the last several weeks. Um, have no complaints out of it. Heels and things like that. Now, you get on a, a steep hill, you're going to have to pedal. I would have to pedal a time or two up there to get yep. it up. Flat ground, it's going to naturally work better. Flat ground, it it's you got to be careful, though, because you run in a hole in that thing. You, gotta, you better be careful because you want to mm-hmm. be holding on. I wore my gun on my back. I didn't put it on the gun rest. I don't like that rattling around. So. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like that either. Yeah, it's kind of scared me because that first morning I had it in that gun rest, and it was and I thought, here's going to knock my scope off. So, Where do you want to go with this thing? You guys got up there. Was anything different this year than the past years as far as terrain other than it being? They bailed the CRP due to the drought. 
Um, so yeah. the farm that we hunt's always been in CRP. They bailed it this year because of the drought there, uh, fire break, and, 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 you know, didn't want it to catch on fire. So it was gone. There was no CRP. Any crops still standing? No, no. All the corn was gone. All the beans were gone. Corn fields were, were where they always had been. But um, Something you did tell us, though, through a text message that, that they said deer were rutting up there, and that's usually unlikely, right? Not really. I mean, we tend to see a buck or two chasing, but not like this year. This year was more prominent. I mean, everywhere we looked, I, I got some video, which y'all see next year when we drop out the videos, of a uh, group of five bucks chasing a doe. And the buck that I actually wound up killing was after this doe. That, and they had ran him into the timber and then ran back out. So, yeah, there was a lot of rutting activity going on. And I, I think which ultimately led to seeing some of the deer that we saw. But, you know, I did not see... Every year, it seems like I've seen a big magnum buck. You know, a 150, 160, just a heavy horn buck. I just didn't see it this year. They just I saw a lot of two, three, four-year-olds. Just did not see that heavy horn, you know, Iowa Midwest giant that you think about seeing. Even riding around, we didn't see a whole lot of those. You so. think EHD's hit up there? It has hit north of us. So we hunt in Zone 4 uh, in Adair counties, primarily where we hunt. North in Guthrie, they've had several cases of it. There was actually a deer that they thought had it that was killed while we were up there so there is cases of it around and it could be coming down we didn't have a problem seeing deer but it was just not seeing that big magnum buck so you guys go into day one you guys are sitting at the bar that night you guys are all hanging out everybody's we're at having, the bomb shelter <laughs> at the bomb shelter everybody's having a good time telling their stories and at some point when you guys get back to camp and it always happens at everybody's camp what you gonna shoot in the morning what size deer are you going to shoot? Oh, dad you going to shoot a doe? Oh, dad was in trophy mode, son. Was he? he was in trophy mode well, right out of the gate. Well, that's where I was going with. I want you to sell that. But. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was in trophy mode right out of the gate. And um, and Uncle Weburn, he said, you know, he was going to shoot him a good one. So um, right out of the gate that morning, dad had a good buck out there in front of him. And he texted me and he said, I said, how big is he? And he's, he was telling me. And he's like, I'm going to let it walk. Well, he let him walk. Well, he let another deer go that he was – hoping would come closer to him it was actually probably a really really nice buck it turned and went into the crp grass at about 245 yards chip shot for dad he's a mm-hmm. great shot with that rifle he's got it's a 350 legend we know the guns can do it hadn't practiced out to that distance but looking back in hindsight dad kind of beat himself up about <laughs> it but about nine o'clock on the opening morning uh he let one sound off and uh actually shot a great great buck was a little disappointed uh, about it. He, he was? He, oh, yeah, in the, in, at, to begin with. And the biggest thing he said, in which I hate that, that, that I've made him feel like this over the years, and, and I want to apologize to him and to anybody else that I've ever done this to, but he said his biggest dread on the whole situation was calling me and telling me he had shot a dink because he was like, I've shot something small. But in hindsight, it was actually a really nice buck, and he did a good job letting some smaller ones walk to get to that point. So. He knocked down a great buck. Um, I had a group of bucks come out, and I just had told you before we started the show, I was reviewing some of the video that I'd got of those deer, and I probably let a, a really nice buck get by me. I didn't have a shot on them. They were running wide open, but I slowed the video down, and he looks like a, a pretty wide, maybe a 16- to 18-inch wide eight-pointer. Um, not too much bigger than what I shot, but a really nice buck that that probably got away from me. Yeah, you texted me that morning. You said Dad's already shot one, and 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 I said, well, don't don't take him, boys. Actually, you text and said the ba- the Bash brothers have struck again. Yeah, him and him and Willie uh, O both shot one. But 
you know, something you've probably never mentioned to everybody, but in, and a lot of people, we, I don't I guess we've ever really questioned this, but do you guys, do you and your dad and Willie have a ritual that you guys do on opening morning? Like you get up, do a certain thing or oh, no, is there it, like a certain? No, not no. really a ritual like that we go through. I mean. Take th- a shot of snops. Or- not before <laughs> we go hunting, but you can bet your butt when something's knocked down, yeah. uh, we're going we to empty a fifth of snops probably. Well, so what is it like getting up, opening morning up there with y'all? Usually pretty rough because we spent too, <laughs> not too late at the bomb shelter. We've stayed there. We're kind of dried, but we were excited. I mean, we were really pumped up for the year, and I think it had a little different draw to it. I was just I, – I, I did, and the whole trip it was was amazing. I mean, we I just smiled the whole time. I mean, we cut up, we laughed, and it's saying a lot for us to go on a trip and not be in an argument from – the time we leave to the time we get there to the time we leave to come home. We didn't have a single crossword said. And people might think that's crazy, but me and Dad and whoever spend so much time together and we're so much alike that we're going to be in an argument. We never did. We did the whole trip. We had no arguments whatsoever. But um, going into Sunday, we we had uh, we all had doe tags. And Dad had said that – he. I told him, I said, shoot a doe. I said, if you get a chance, shoot a doe. I said – because he was hunting a place that he could get to it pretty easily. It was close by. So he shot a doe, and uh, he was texting me, and he said, there's another one with it. You want me to shoot it? Because I had a doe tag too, and I, and I was just right up the hill from him. And I was like – I didn't see my phone. It was in my pocket. Well, he shot another doe and knocked it down. <laughs> so he filled my doe tag for me, and – uh Uncle Wibbern text. It was so funny. Uncle Wibbern text, and he said, um, "Bobber, you better get the reins on him. He's gonna work you to death." It was so funny to hear because th- we had meat then, so we were good. So then we could start, you know, still hunting. So um, Dad went and sat with me some the rest of the week, and Uncle Wibbern did. But what was funny? Um, we were Uncle Wibbern and I were sitting within distance of each other, and uh, it was it was pretty cool the whole thing that comes about with the deer that I shot because Uncle Wibbern actually had this deer at 80 yards in his scope that I shot. But he had already shot one. He had, but he was hunting with me. And uh, he, uh, you know why he didn't shoot the deer? No. Taxidermy Bill. Really? That deer's new name is Taxidermy Bill. Really? So, yep, yep, 100%. He said, I saw that deer and I knew it was probably a mounter and I didn't shoot it, Bobber. <laughs> really yep yep 100 percent. damn he's been guiding you for years ain't he he uh he guided me right into that one so but last morning um you know it was and, and for uh, everybody listening to this you know when alex says people you can use your you can use your tag you can use other people's tags in iowa for people that don't as long that. as you're in the same party right yeah as- if you're in a party together hunting and we were we were with we were sitting right there next to each other so we can use each other's tags that's the reason people's like, well, how do you go to Iowa every year? Well, if we don't get a buck tag, we buy a doe tag if there's an excess one. And we go up and we party hunt with the guys. We get in on a drive team or whatever, and we we can harvest each other's and tag each other's deer. It's perfectly legal to do. You can check the regulations. If, you, yeah. if you've got any questions on it, I've been doing it for a lot of years. I promise you it's completely legal to do. So pop, some people may not like that, don't really care because it's a tradition, and we love it. So, so. You, so you guys are four deer hanging up. And it's fine to leave them. You probably leave them all week up there as cold as it is. Well, I skinned both those does. Did you? Um, yeah, I went ahead and skinned them because we had Dad and Uncle Wibbern had both killed a buck, and we had them hanging. And then the next morning, he shot the does. And so we were pretty much done. Dad was done hunting, and you know he would go and sit with me some. But I was at the point where I'm like, all right, 
I'm I'm buck hunting. You know, I don't want to shoot him. We don't need any more meat. Yeah. Gary shoots a doe, fills it, fills his doe tag. So we're we're done with those. I mean, we're we're like we don't need no more meat. And uh, so it's down to me. And so are you getting? I mean, it's it's rocking on probably Monday. Uh, we're in Monday, Tuesday. You're getting down for, to the for for, for Iowa. You got to be like, man, I'm getting I'm di- I'm getting disappointed. I ain't. No, I never did. I really, really didn't. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I had such a successful history there. I just, I, I never got down. And one thing that I don't want to leave out or omit, I had the opportunity to go and hunt with a buddy of mine. Um, it, it's John's son, Jake. And Jake was home from college. And I've watched Jake grow up. I mean, in 10 years, I mean, he's 19 years old. I've saw him since he was a little kid. And I made mention on Saturday night, or Dad did, to John that that I would like to go and hunt with Jake. And and Jake's a great kid, amazing young man, polite. Um, he's very smart. He's very driven. And and I told him, I said, "You want to go hunt together?" So Jake and I went and sat together. And I I, I knew Jake's history with hunting had been more in the driving side of things. You know, the party hunting. He had never really got to sit a lot, and John had actually sat with him some, but I took it as an opportunity maybe to share something he had never heard from somebody. Uh, spent two days with him hunting, and, and it was some of the most fun that I'd had. Um, didn't get on a deer together. Um, he wound up shooting a doe one evening by himself, sitting in a spot that he and I went and picked out together, and it was pretty cool to, to see. Um, but Jake, you're a great kid, and I hope you listen to this, and I hope you you know continue down the pathway. He made mention he'd like to get into archery, so hopefully sometime down the road, Jake's uh, Jake's killing a big buck with a bow in Iowa. I might have a bow for sale if he's looking for one. Yeah. Oh, got a got a bow for sale. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna sell that prime? I'm thinking about it. Well, hey, I got somebody that may be interested in it. Do no you? kidding. Really? Get with me after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as we said, going into it, um, the last day. I think I had actually texted you guys and told you, you know, last day, maybe sent a picture of sunrise and um, saw a good one the evening before. Um, That was on uh, Tuesday. You saw the good one on Tuesday afternoon. Yep, Tuesday afternoon. And and I had told you if I can, because I'd hunted out of my saddle some. And, buddy, let me tell you what, cold weather in that saddle is is something I never would have dreamed would be as comfortable. Like I said, going back to my gear, I never got cold swinging in that saddle, and it was windy, and I put it on, I climbed up a tree, I hung my sticks, got everything set, got some great video uh, out of the saddle, but um, I, I hadn't planned on the next evening where I saw that buck move into a ditch at. If I didn't get it done that morning, I was going to try to make a move on that deer, which, let me tell you something, I am so thankful we got it done Wednesday morning because cleaning – you know, we debone everything. We cape yeah. everything out. We, you know, we have to clean everything up. We have to pack up. It would have been a chore that night to try to get that done and still be able to relax and enjoy ourselves for the last evening. Coyotes bad there? Mm-hmm. Saw more this year than we ever have. I didn't see any, but Uncle Weber and Dad both seen coyotes. You can't take a thermal there during... I took my scanner. Um, I was going to take my, my gun, but you just run out of time of doing stuff. I mean, you hunt all day and then... You go to the bar and you don't want to go hunting after that. So it's it's hard to it's hard to get you get your know priorities straight. Yeah, gotta get your priorities in line. But yeah, I didn't do any coyote hunts. So you you for Iowa again, I'm I'm gonna say this again. You're 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 not down, but you're like, Man, I ain't seen that deer that I just want to take yet and I don't want I still got a tag. You're going into Wednesday morning and you're like, What's your thought? Something's dying. 
not something's dying, I'm looking for a rack because those deer have been run and jumped out of ditches and, you know, they're pushed around. They ain't standing long. So they ain't going to be no looking, throwing up binoculars and looking at him and saying, oh, he might be 120 inch deer. No, sir. I, I didn't have the camera. I didn't have nothing on. You know, I was, I, and sorry, I didn't get the shot on film. I hate it. I apologize. <laughs> but I didn't, they want no time for none of that. Well, like, you know, I think I texted you and I said, shoot a spike or something. You said, no, we got plenty of deer meat. I'm yeah, I, I was, I was looking for a rack buck. If I'd have come home with my buck tag, that'd have been perfectly fine. But that morning, uh, right after daylight, Uncle Weaver and he had been sitting on a ridge. He rode up and down the road, and he was riding around, and he said, the field below you, and I couldn't see it, his slap full of deer. He said, I think there's a buck in there with a doe. And I asked him and Dad both. We were texting on a group text. I said, should I get out of the blind and try to slip down there? He said, well, they're gone now. Well, I knew where they were going. They were going to move into the timber that I was sitting on the edge of, and I thought, well, maybe if they're in here, I can grunt. So I was literally digging around in my bag, picked up that old wicked hen and I was getting ready to blow it. And I looked up and I, those deer were coming through the woods towards me. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be something fast, quick. And if, if I made a shot, it was going to have to be fast. So it's funny. The first one came out, it was a small buck. Second one came out was a doe. And I assume those bucks were running that doe around. Third one came out pretty decent eight pointer. I almost shot him. I was like, no, he's, and then I saw the deer that I wound up shooting coming through the woods and I could only see him from the side. You know, I could see he had, Pretty good tines up. I thought, I'm shooting this deer. Knocked safety off, and he, they were running by now. They're coming out, and I just, woo! Just really? Like, oh, yeah. And I, I may have said, whoa, or whatever, but I hollered like that. And, buddy, he pumped the brakes. Boom! I shot. He drops. Well, when he fell, I thought, all right, he's down right there. So came. I went running over the hill and as soon as I got up to the top of the hill, I'm out of breath. Son, they're standing at the bottom of the hill. I mean, just, and it's about 300 yards to the fence, I know, but I was about halfway, not quite halfway to him, but close enough. I was like, all right, I got to get a shot on because he was standing there flickering his tail like maybe mm. I'd hit him back. Yeah. Sun was shining, crisp morning, beautiful scene. I get on him. Can't settle my scope. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta calm down for a second. They weren't going anywhere. He was kind of standing there, and I thought, I gotta get another shot in this deer. So I took a breath and I let it out, and I just settled my scope. When I squeezed, son, he went to digging taters. I mean, he was, he was done for. Didn't go 40 yards and piled up. And I was like, heck yeah, you know, I just knocked one down. So I had actually dropped my my bag. I, why I brought my bag out of the blind with me? I mean, I tore the door clean off that blind trying to get out. Tripped over sticks, limbs, everything else. I run down there, see him. I'm like, awesome. You know, I knew exactly where he was at. Great buck. He's down. I was like, I, I was tickled to death with him. Called Cody and told him. Of course, he called and ruined the surprise to you. I was really hoping to get to call you and tell you about it. But, oh. oh. He fell down, though, on the list, I hope. Yeah, I got I to gotta knock him way down the list. He texted me and said, um, Alex done it. I said, done what? He said, took a deer. I'm like, way to ruin it for us. <laughs> I was Hey, I was going to call you. I was right there on calling you. I run out. I got to the bottom of the hill and didn't have any service. And when I got down there, I I didn't have. I was well. Let me finish. When I get back to the top of the hill, I ranged where it was at two hundred twenty one yards where he was standing at. Wow! So throw the hammer on him. How far was your run? Two hundred twenty one yards. Oh, oh, to get to. Oh no, a hundred, maybe a hundred yards. Okay. So far enough that my doggone clothes. I had way too many clothes on to be running. So I'd like to saw that. Did Willie get to? See all this? No, he was he wasn't watching. He was on over the ridge for uh he couldn't see me. I wish he would have. I'd been a cool, cool scene to unfold. But um 
went down there, looked at him, tickled to death with the buck, uh, wrapped, you know, got my tag out, put my tag on him. And I didn't have my knife. I, my knife was in my bag at the top of the hill. So I took my, took my tag and I won't never forget this. I wish I had a video of this. It'd been pretty cool. I notched it the day and the, the month on the ball bar fence that was right there. Oh, I cool. used that to, to notch it with. So wrap my tag on him and, and it's been a, you know, it's been a several years since I've been able to wrap a tag on a, on a buck up there. So I was, I was tickled to death with that. So what you going to do with him? We've got some plans for this one. We're going to do something kind of cool. Um, got the Cape in the freezer and, uh, we're going to try to maybe do a backpack with him doing those backpacks. Oh yeah, that'd mounts. be cool. Um, I bought a backpack online. I found a used one that's kind of old retro yeah. kind of backpack. So I think I'm going to do one with it. Um, 123 and some change is what he scored out at. No brow tines. They both broke off. Um, not a not a giant by any means, but I'll be honest with you, I'm as tickled with that deer as, as anyone I've taken in a long time just because it kind of accumulated the whole week there and had a great, great trip. Well, I'm glad you got it done. How'd the Brunson boys pan out? Knocked down some good deer in their group. Um, no giants. Um, one of the guys, he, he shot a, a probably a hundred and hundred and fifty something inch deer. I'm not sure. Um, I don't have the horns yet, but he wanted me to mount it. He wanted to take the horns or have it mounted. So I'm going to take it, um, uh, to somebody and get it mounted for him. Um, and, uh, that'll be, that'll be on down the road. I'm sure I'll post some pictures. Did you want to get it done. Did you see a big one that got killed? No. I mean, really? I, there were some pictures floating around, you know, um, Shania and, and Matt, both, um, some, some really good friends of mine up there, the Powells. Shania Twain? No, Shania Powell. Oh. She's a, she's a hammer on the deer though. She kills big deer. I mean, her and her daddy, Jeff, they, they kill big deer and she killed a really, really nice eight pointer. And Matt, I think his may even actually been a 10. Um, their whole group, they killed some really nice deer. So just, just a great trip. How many shots do you think, you think you heard? You know, I didn't hear the shots like I normally do up there really? this year. I mean, and I think that it goes back to not seeing as many big deer. Here's a question: how how is that how is that three fifty legend changed since the first time you went up there? So I started out going with a twenty gauge, yeah, single slug shot slug, yeah, rifled slug, confident with that shotgun out to two hundred yards. Um, never took a shot that far. I believe the farthest shot was one hundred thirty five yards. Um, had some deer run with that shotgun. Um, several times, um, had deer run and, uh, but being able to shoot a little bit further. Now I feel like my effective range with that gun is 250 yards at a, at a minimum. I believe I could hit a deer. No problem at 250 yards. Is there a lot of people using 350 legends in Georgia? No, yeah. but it's coming on popular because the low recoil. Mm-hmm. Would great- you use that deer in? Would you use that gun in Georgia? I will use that gun if I if I have a shot under two hundred yards. I'll use that gun over any gun that I've ever used. Okay, it okay. hammers deer. I'm telling you, it is unbelievable. The deer that we killed up there, Gary even shot his deer with a with a three fifty. Every deer that we shoot with them are D R T dead right there. They don't move. I mean, it's no question about it. If you hit them good, they're done. I don't care if you go to academy. Dicks, Walmart, you can find 350 Legend shells. Shh, don't They're tell everybody. Everywhere. <laughs> and we shoot the 150 grain Winchester. A lot of people like the 180s. The 150s give you a little bit more range, a little higher velocity. You will not beat that round. I've actually talked to Cody and to Josh about it for for a low recoil gun for the the kids to use. I'm actually working on one for for Sawyer to be able to use a little uh, little AR platform. Put What's, one on it so with adjustable stock. What can you get one for? 
Oh, depends on what you what brand you want. I mean, you can get into an AR for around six hundred bucks, but you can go down to a Savage, great gun, no problem with them. Just don't knock the stock on the ground, Jake. What are y'all using? We got Rugers, Ruger, the Ruger American. Um, if bold you're going to go bold action, yep. If you're going with that gun, be ready to be cussing because I've had to do a lot of modifications to that gun. Dad and I both have had issues with ejecting shells with it. Um, if I was going to buy one today, which Dad and I have already looked at them on the way home, I'm going to buy a Franke. I'm going to oh, go. Really? Yep. Franke builds one. It's a 24 inch barrel. It's Cerakoted, camouflaged, ported. Uh, it's going to be the gun that I have for the future. Remington make them? Remington does make one, and so does Winchester. They built an XPR in it. Um, I thought Winchester went out of business. Uh, they're owned by another company now. Uh-huh. Um, maybe Browning may have bought Winchester. I'm not sure. It's yeah. kind of like Ruger was bought Marlin, but they're still branding Marlin Firearms. It's Marlin Firearms Company manufactured by Ruger. Um, but yeah. Great trip, no no question about it. Most amazing people, I'm telling you, son, when you and I go up there turkey hunting, because we're going up there turkey hunting, you just get the points, we're going up there. Um, I wish that everybody could have the opportunity to go up and meet um, the people that are there, Marv and Kathy out at the bar. And I don't want to start name dropping because there's so many people, and I know I'll forget somebody, but um, everyone up there has been so gracious and kind to us. Dave has has opened his home to us now for 10 seasons uh for me and 11 for for dad um and it's uh it's just a place that i look forward to going back to every year um leroy and and john and you know all the brunson guys and what people don't realize is and i said this in my closing video with the deer i didn't get it on camera but i did a closing video there's been more doors opened for opportunities going on a deer hunting trip than I ever would have dreamed of. Mm-hmm. I never would have went to Tennessee squirrel hunting the times I had. Never would have spent time on the Clinch River the way I have. Never would have went to Florida gator hunting. Who would have ever thought that that my crazy self out of North Georgia would go on a gator hunt with some guys? That's happened because of that trip mm-hmm. and building relationships. And that's the thing that I want everybody to remember. When you go on these trips, yeah. And I, and I really, like you said at the beginning of the show, I took that into account this year, and I didn't make it about killing a deer. I mm-hmm. made it about the trip, and and I did. I honestly felt like I did this year. No pressure. I could have killed the biggest deer of my life, and it wouldn't have made it any better to me than just getting back up there one more time. Yeah, I think that just goes back to uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. I think that's you know whether you go to if you went to an outdoor expo or if you went to a somebody's hunting camp, just chat with them, and if 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 uh, if you got a common bond and you get along. Swap numbers. You never know where that may lead down the road or what you may be doing the next, the next 10 years down the road. That's right. I mean, had you not met them guys, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go, you know, I could go to Florida hunting, but I wouldn't have the opportunity to go where we're going to go and, you know, get dropped off in certain places, you know, with the experience. Ooh, I'd rather have somebody in my back pocket like that, you know. Son, I'm getting fired up for turkey season like I ain't never been fired up for. I'm just going to go ahead you and heard tell it right you. There, boys. Yeah, well, go ahead and say it. On December the 14th, uh, excuse me, 13th of 2022, Alex is actually officially fired up for turkey season. Well, real quick before we before we jump off, uh, um, speaking of turkey season, if, if anybody's listening to this that wants to plan on traveling or going out of the state, you know, check your regulations, and a lot of states start this month that you have to start applying for applications for certain states. Um, so be sure to check that. Don't just think that when spring gets here that you can just buy a license over the counter because every state isn't like Georgia or surrounding states or any other states you might have been to. So I've already got several things in the, in the works for myself, and um, yeah, just check all that out for you before you take off. 
And before you go, um, before you go making assumptions of what a trip should be for somebody, make sure you understand the circumstances they're in. I heard a story, and I'm not going to mention any names on it, but there was a story a guy told. Um, I saw on social media last night, and I wish I could remember it. I, I'd post it. Um, the guy went to a place in Texas hunting mm-hmm. and um, killed a smaller buck. Nobody in camp knew what was going on with him or anything, and um, he didn't want anybody in camp to know what was going on. Shot a 90-inch deer in camp on a place that was considered a trophy place. The guy knew what was going on with the guy, but people in camp, and there was a lot of harsh words got said and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's terminally ill, um, and oh, that wow. was probably going to be his last deer hunt of his life. And, mm-hmm. and those they made the post saying that, that these guys had ruined it for him. Um, I've been as guilty as anybody in my past in, in saying things um, without thinking about them on somebody shooting a deer. Um, I'm done with that. I'm glad that's a part of my past. Um, I'm I'm nonetheless happy for my dad or my uncle um, to be able to take the deer that they did. My uncle killed a, a seven-pointer that probably weighed 250 pounds. I mean, a huge body deer. Giant. And But it was, it was a deer that you never know what's going to happen. That could be the last buck that me and dad ever get to help him load up. We said it years ago. I mean, that could be the last opportunity that me and my dad ever have to to take a deer at the same camp. So cherish every moment because I'm starting to see more and more as I get older that it, it means a lot, a lot more to me than just a deer. Funny you say that about Willie killing that deer because I heard an episode today on, on a Fistful of Dirt podcast and this guy was a – He's a do-it-yourself kind of YouTube guy, but he said, you know, back when I was younger, when people killed deer, they took them down to a local store and they would take pictures and hang them up on the on the store and they would brag about the deer, not how big the deer was, just that they got a deer. And you know, I ran into Stanley Payne at the grocery store when you guys were you guys were actually on the way home from Illinois, and, and I'm sure your dad sent him all those pictures of everybody's oh, deer. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know what Stanley said? You okay. see the body on that one Willie killed? Yeah. He didn't say nothing about. Did you see the rack on them? He said, "Look at the body because that's all they—that's all they cared about. They—they they wanted meat. That's right. They were looking for meat to fill the freezers to, to go through winter, so they didn't have to go out and buy beef. So, um, let's get back on that. Let's quit. Let's quit worrying about how big those antlers are and just go kill some deer and put them in the freezer. Well, we spent Friday when we got <laughs> back grinding meat. A hundred and fifty-seven pounds of ground meat went into the freezer uh, out of you know the deer that we brought home. Uh, Ninety-five pounds of cube canned." and and jerky uh, yeah. meat so you do the math on that over 260 pounds uh, of meat that we never would have had the opportunity no. to get and i'm telling you i i went into it this year with a whole different thought process i'm like i don't care what i shoot bring home the meat that's why i told dad fill my dough tag i don't care let's get the meat you know let's get it in the truck and bring it home. Can't eat them horns. You can't eat them horns no matter how boy you boil them. Must be nice. It must be nice. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Another trip done gone. December's in the... Hey, I got, one, I got one last question. And for the next month of deer hunting guests or whatever we got on, I'm going to ask this question. We got a month and a half left in Georgia because of the extended archery season. Late season strategy without bait. Where are you going to hunt? Ooh. Where are you going? Without, what are you looking for? Without bait? Yeah, 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 without bait, where are you going to hunt out on a piece of property that you haven't been? Uh, right you, now, I'm looking for a transition area from whatever food I can find. Okay. Um, they're they're going to be – the acorns are gone in the low-lying areas. There may still be some acorns on the high ridges. Go check those first. If you find acorns, try to cut them off going from bed to acorns. That's, that's really it for me. I mean, and that's what I'm starting to transition into. We were talking before the show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get a deer killed that I've been chasing all year. He's moved off 
of the same yeah. areas that he's been. So can't bait. If I if I've got an opportunity to go hunt, I'm going to an area looking for food. If you can't bait, I think if you can't bait and you ain't got a food plot, you better get on. You better find some privet hedge and some briar. There you go. Yeah, yeah. L- l- low line stuff. Um, and don't be afraid to get aggressive. No, those deer are going to be pushed out of that area by somebody. If you're not willing to get in there, get in aggressive. Do a bump and dump. Go yeah. to one of these public land spots. Get in tight to a bad area that you didn't want to hunt before. I, I know what my strategy is going to be is primarily hunting areas I have not hunted all year to try to get in tight. And and I would almost be willing to say this too. And I don't know because I ain't hunting late season because we switch into rabbit hunting. People's people's can you say I'd say over fifty percent of people has already done deer hunting. I would say at least fifty percent, if not yeah. seventy five. And then we get this extended archery running into Georgia or, or even Georgia running out to the fifteenth. There could be those late does coming back in. So yes. don't don't give up on your spot. Just go in there at the right time because there's gonna be a lot of weather changing over the next few weeks. Yep, hundred percent. A lot of weather shifts. Um, there's going to be a cold front coming in on the weekend uh, coming up that I'm excited for. You're gonna hunt. I'm gonna hunt. Tyler's actually walked in the room. He's probably gonna hunt. He'd be cuddled up at home, Mama. He done he got a buck. Done. He done got a buck knocked down. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for everybody in the state of Iowa. Um, if I if I didn't mention you, you know it's not because I don't love you. Uh, I love everyone up there. Um, amazing folks, amazing friends, and uh, people that I'll cherish uh, memories with for a lifetime. Um, I sure am proud to have uh, to have had another trip with Dad and Uncle Weber, and it's it's my favorite trip of the year. Um, my two best friends in the world, and 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 I love them so, and I'm so blessed to be able to still get to hunt with them. So, um, for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, when you uh, when you hear this episode. Probably going to be getting uh, right down to Christmas time, and um, we uh, we'll have one more episode drop before before Christmas. So, um, if you need anything, holler at us. We appreciate you tuning in. Head on over to www.talkaboutitoutdoors.com. Pick up some last minute gear. Use code TAI10. If you got any suggestions for stuff you want to see us carry on the website, as far as colors or apparel designs. Don't forget to shoot those over to us. We're always open to suggestion, but we sure are proud to have that up and running. And um, looks great too. It looks amazing. So good job, Cody. He's not here with us tonight. He's done a lot of work on it, and uh, our aforementioned partner uh, that's done a lot of work with us in the past. We'll leave his name out of the mix for now, but we sure are glad to have him. And uh, yeah, that's all I got, buddy. Thanks. thanks Thank for, you, buddy. Thanks sure for letting for... me. Thanks for letting me talk on another episode. <laughs> Got to go. Ten four. Y'all come back and be with us again when you can. And remember, smile as you go, but don't forget, mount the memories. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, 
I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need? Or is your construction site needing a dumpster? Give our buddy Tony at Georgia Junk and Dumpster Rental a call. With services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs, Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 